Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. Uh, hey Juniper, uh, looks like we're going to be partners on this next assignment. This is incredible, Chester. How did you figure out how to do all this stuff and, and put all these pieces together? Like what? Where did you learn this? You got a backing band because we're uh, we're kind of in the market for for a new front person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be chill. You said you had a bunch of duplicates of yourselves running around. So like, not only did they see your faces, they saw like multiple copies of your faces. I mean, I guess. You don't, you don't think that's gonna come come back around and bite you? Maybe you see a sort of uh, shifting reflective shape slip through. Uh, and into your reality and and whip around the corner and out of sight and and by the time you track it it's it's gone and you're not sure where it went that definitely wasn't an alley cat everybody and welcome back to another episode of Quantum Kickflip. My name is Robin. I am your slug master game blaster and with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world who are going to introduce themselves to you now uh, in the order of how many different houses you've lived in in your life. Most to least. We're going to need a minute probably. I I'm at over a dozen for sure. Bring it in then. Hello, everybody. My name is Lena Anderson, and I am playing Angus Franklin. He is the Guts playbook with the skip mode runners as his signature device. Uh, and uh, he's about two months into public high school, and so far, things seem to be going pretty well for him. Well, I'm at seven. I'm, I'm at ten. Yeah. So I'm David Ray, and I'm playing Chester Capone. Uh, he has the grit playbook. He has powered armor, and currently he's a he's a bit of a thinking man now. Ever since he took some uh, highly suspect drugs that have given him increased brain power. Love the messages we're sending out to the children with this yeah, show. Yeah, do drugs <laughs> only if they're from they another dimension. Only if they're from another dimension. That's uh, all. That's important, fair. That's fair. Important. Hey, I'm Liam. I'm playing Lake Marsden. She's got the heart playbook, and she's uh, wields the reality cannon. Hey, my name is Glenna. I'm playing Elliot Buchanan. She is the chill playbook. She wields her guitar uh, and also a voidware backpack, which is a little pocket dimension that she can carry around on her shoulders. I'm Michael Vetch, and much like a turtle, I carry my house on my back. Uh, and I'll be playing Nick Lowe, the smarts playbook. He He doesn't have a shell, but he does have a sword, and he likes anime, like me. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said, Good I'm work, Michael. <laughs> I'm Robin. Uh, I'm your slugmaster. I'm going to be running the show here, your host. And I believe that home is where the heart is. And I have a little tiny house inside of my chest, and it's very painful. <laughs> Last time around, we had quite the time. It was our, our Halloween spooktacular, and you guys visited the Waking Pits. Uh, and it, it, got, it got real spooky. Uh, some of you were replaced with... Uh, 
doppelgangers made out of black mutant mold. Your you know, friendships were tested and, and boundaries were breached. But uh, in the end, you managed to, to triumph and, and figure out who was who. As far as you know, anyway, maybe one of you is still the doppelganger. But uh, at least as far as you know, everyone's who they say they are. You made it back to Null. Yeah, you guys uh, are, are stronger for the experience, I'm sure. Um, you still got one fracture on your crew tab, but you did manage to clear up another in the downtime last time. So you're, you're, everything's not quite rosy yet, but you're on your way. You're, you're, you're feeling better as a crew. But most importantly, at the very end of last episode, you guys rolled for a challenge, which is a mechanic and slug blaster where you can, you can roll some D6s in order to clear some trouble. Uh, and in exchange, you get a, uh, a challenge for the next run that's going to sort of inform how your next adventure goes. Uh, so this one, you guys rolled for Hunted. Someone or something is after you. Who? No reward for this run, and GM gets plus two tokens. That just means I can throw more curveballs at you. Just escape and survive. So that's the name of the game this time around. You guys ready for this? You guys ready to be hunted? If you insist. Yeah. You just, just It's the same rules as bears. You just have to run faster than the slowest friend. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, make yourself big. And I was like, what? That's not, that's not at all how this works. Well, with that, uh, let's everybody make yourselves big. And we're going to head into the exotic dimension of just Null, small town Alberta. I've done this bit before, but we're, we're in Null this time. <laughs> Sporadic snowflakes tumble lazily downward, lightly blanketing the fallen leaves and dry, dead grass. The air carries a chill, and the mid-morning sun can't quite muster enough heat to cut through it. Everyone is dressed in layers, there's a layer of coarse salt on the sidewalk, and you can just barely see your own breath. In addition to all these hallmarks of the changing of the seasons here in Hillview, the community has another way they like to mark the occasion. The annual Town Day Celebration. For as long as any current resident can remember, the annual Town Day celebration has been Hillview's last hurrah before the winter sets in. It's a chance to get out and see all your neighbors one last time while the weather permits, a chance to show off the spoils of the year's harvest, and a way to build a sense of community going into the longest, coldest, hardest part of the year. It's also had a controversial history. Town Day was originally conceived of as Family Day, but it was pointed out that that could be alienating to the large percentage of residents who had moved to Hillview from the East Coast looking for work and left their families behind. So then it was changed to Heritage Day, but that was immediately criticized due to there being a significant amount of Hillview's heritage that was decidedly not worth celebrating. The local council finally landed on Hillview Day, which seemed a non-controversial choice, but then realized that this could be seen as exclusionary to the residents who lived in the surrounding area outside of Hillview proper, and without them, the population of the town would be so small that it would hardly warrant a celebration in the first place. Thus, the day was officially declared to be Town Day. One councillor remained adamant that it should really be Regional District Day, as Hillview wasn't technically big enough to be zoned as a town, but at that point everyone was tired and wanted to go home. <laughs> the official date of Town Day changes every year to coincide with a traveling carnival that stops over in Hillview on its way to Grand Moraine. There are rides, games, vendors, and performances, all localized within the big parking lot outside the rec center on the east side of town. A short way up the road from said parking lot, we find our five heroes, having just stopped off at the convenience store for junk food on their way to the cellar. So 
You guys are making your way down the like the shoulder of the road on your way to this uh, this celebration. I gotta know what is each character's go to convenience store junk food that you uh, that you have picked up here today on your way to the festival. I'm gonna pull from actual teenage Glenna to inspire mm-hmm. Elliot, and I'm gonna say hickory sticks. Oh, yes. solid choice. Yeah. Uh, well, if we're going by what uh, teen us would go for at the convenience store, uh, for me, it would have to be Clodhoppers. But also, this is Angus, so he's got to get some mini chips ahoy and get another check on my cookie track. Damn it. How did I not see that coming? Anyway, <laughs> take, your, take your cookies. I think Nick is rocking a pack of Hawkins cheesies as well as a little bag of plain M&M's. Chester, uh, now that he's moved to Canada, is really interested in these Eat More bars, but not just any Eat More bars, uh, but the uh, rather limited edition caramel Eat More bars. Now, uh, they did exist in real life in 1995, but it's my hope and wish that in this alternative uh, land of Hillview, that they were so popular that they uh, they still exist in 1999, and uh, that's what Chester's having, and that's what brings comfort to David in this moment. It's definitely <laughs> that, and not that Hillview is such a backwater town that they still have chocolate bars on the shelf from four years ago. <laughs> you, it's it's definitely the the popularity thing, and not the second one. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, and Lake's going to her well-established classics of a Panic Energy and some Twizzlers. And is even going to do the thing where she bites off each end of a Twizzler and puts it into the can of Panic Energy drink. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, you guys are, are all loaded up on snacks. I think you know that like it's going to be like you're, you're getting there at, for the start of the celebration. So like the festival food and the vendors aren't going to be quite happening yet. Um, so you're you're loading up. You're, you're pre-gaming a little bit. Uh, but you're on your way down there. And yeah, I just want to take a moment to check in with the crew and see how everyone's feeling on their way to this festival. I'm so excited. What's at this thing? I ha- I haven't been to a town day carnival before. Well, well there's gonna be there's gonna be foods. There, there's gonna be rides and stuff that come along with the whole the, the traveling the traveling festival. Uh, they they've got they've got old townie the big town mascot. Oh, and you can't forget <laughs> the reverse Groundhog Day event where they see whether or not the groundhog doesn't come out of the hole, and that means winter's actually here. Oh. Wow. Uh, there's also uh, community performances on the main stage, so. You know, make sure you catch us at 530. Yeah, hopefully I'll be done my my penance by then. Uh, sorry, my shift. Uh, I, I've, I've been roped into <sighs> helping my mom at the doorways booth. <laughs> Wait, Lake, Lake, you're not hanging out with all of us? No, I, I, I got to put in some goodwill time with my mom and, and I'm going to be I don't know, handling out pamphlets or just generally killing vibes with the, the, the fine folks at the Hillview chapter of Doorways, which is my mom and Juniper's mom. <laughs> and that's about Love it. it. Sucks to be you. What? But no, Angus, I, I texted you the other day. You said you were going to help me. Wait, what? That's And Angus checks his phone. Right. Yep. I saw this. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And she looks like with big dreamy eyes at, at Angus. Like, you're the best, Angus. It's going to go by so much faster with you here helping me. Angus like smiles, but like there's a little bit too, too much teeth. <laughs> yep. Happy to happy to do it. Aw, thanks. You're the sweetest. I'm like, uses both of her arms to grab your one arm. <laughs> Aw. 
Well, I'm meeting up with Juniper there, uh, and we're going to like go around, and uh, I'm hoping to like uh, show her some rides, because apparently she's never been on any rides before, and I'm like, you know what? You come with me. I, I know how to ride rides really well. You just have to sit there. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe if you're lucky this year, you'll have a ride that like has any sort of momentum to it, like the Ferris wheel or the swing thing. I'm sorry. Ever since we started slugblasting, it's been hard to get enthusiastic about rides. Yeah, also those ones are already on their way to Grand Meringue. They take way longer to set up, so we just get the ones that can pop up in an afternoon. Like, that weird trailer <laughs> where you just sort of walk through and there's like a spinning... It's like a, it's like a fun house on the back of a trailer. That's the main one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think with that, uh, you guys continue to make your way down um, towards the rec center parking lot. And as you make your way down the road... You hear a strange pop, less of a sound and and more of a sudden absence, as though everything went silent for just a fraction of a fraction of a second. And as you look around for the source of this non-sound, you see something in the distance, or actually you don't. This sort of a shimmering, transparent reflection in front of you. It almost looks like the heat haze you'd see on a hot summer day, but only the temperature today is in the negatives. As you watch, it shifts and changes shape, difficult to pin down, but impossible to miss. And before you can react, it comes barreling towards you, but it, it doesn't make contact. Instead, it passes straight through you, and you can feel an electricity in the air as it does so. As quickly as it appeared, the shape vanishes, and once it's gone, you're not even sure it was there at all. The only evidence is the lingering smell of battery acid and the way all the hairs on your arm are standing up. As you take a moment to process what you just saw, you're, you're standing there and sort of trying to figure out if that was even anything, you hear a loud screech from behind you and turn just in time to see two vehicles narrowly avoid colliding with one another at a four-way intersection. One of them crashes into a signpost, the other swerves into a ditch, and you quickly realize the reason for the confusion as you look up to see that Hillview's single traffic light has gone out. What the... Did... Did the Predator just cause a traffic collision? (laughs) Yeah, what was that? I think you can hear uh, from the the two cars the the voices coming out. It's, one of them is is uh, yelling like, "What do you think you do? You came out of nowhere just now!" And the other one's like, "No, I clearly had the right of way. It was you that came out of nowhere." And Patterchuck and um, the other teacher that Scott I know the Dale. name of <laughs> Scottsdale are are arguing with each other about whose fault this accident was. So so none of the other lights are out. It's just or like it, in terms of like the buildings, the electricity Solano is just the traffic light that went out. The only light you can see in the area is that traffic light. Like you guys are kind of along a stretch of road where there isn't a lot of buildings. But actually, I guess yeah, as you're at the the one intersection that has light. There's got to be at least one building you can see from there. Yeah, the As you begin to look around, to look around, maybe that's your receptive ability kicking in, Chester. Mm-hmm. All, all the lights are out. It's it's an outage of some kind. It's a blackout. Oh no! Oh, if the power is out, then that means like the 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 celebration might be out of electricity too. Oh man, Nega Wizard, whoa, gang, that's not cool at all. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I think our celebrations are going to have to take the back seat. This looks like a job for weird gravity. Let's go, team. We're going to solve this mystery. Where are we going? What mystery? It was a... Wait, unless do you think whatever we saw caused it? Now, I want to cut in for a second here. Nick, you recognize the thing. No one else... Everyone else, this was the first time you've seen this, but Nick... That shimmering reflective shape, you've seen it somewhere before. 
specifically a day when you were trying to cut to class early uh, and and overclocked your sword uh, to try and slice through the fabric of space-time and ask, accidentally sliced a little too far. Uh, you saw that same shape go skittering past in an alleyway, uh, and you lost track of where it went. Ooh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you picking anything up on your ampimeter? Uh, let me see. And I, uh, she, she whips out her ampimeter. Uh, uh, GM, what do I see on my ampimeter? Uh, so your ampimeter shows you uh, thin zones and and like uh, spots in the in the yeah the fabric between dimensions where you can potentially punch through, uh, and you're not seeing anything like that here. No, it it doesn't appear that there's uh, there's any sort of interdimensional activity at play here, or that like yeah there there is no thin zone nearby, and that tracks with what you know about Hilby. You guys are are slug blasters here. You know pretty well where the where the sort of thin zones around town are, um, where the established ones are located, and, and yeah, you know that there isn't one along the stretch of road, and, and your ampimeter confirms this for you. Yeah, nada. Weird. You know, I, I don't know if this is a, a, a problem for weird gravity to solve. It sounds like it's probably a problem for, like, the power company to kind of figure out. <laughs> I mean, I, and I kind of want to go to the celebration. I mean, also, this is null, you know? Right, Nick? Do, I don't know if this is really up to us. Uh, I I guess you might be right. I guess it. I mean, I mean certainly none of us are are, are responsible for uh, for <laughs> s- s- said anomaly, and th- th- thus I, I guess it doesn't f- fall to us to to, to ne- necessarily take take care of it. But I, I mean, if if we all happen to have the day free, why why wouldn't we go try to stop it? You know, if if all of us are are able to go deal with the situation. Well, that's the thing. I don't have the day free. In fact, the sooner I get to the booth, the sooner we get to the booth and like, you know, sort of taps Angus. Sooner we get to the, the doorways booth, the sooner we can leave the doorways booth. So I'm I'm itching to, to get to the festival. Yeah. And I have to meet up with Michelle and Riku so we can do a sound check. Um, Sorry. Yeah, Nick, don't worry about it. You seem really nervous. You're like kind of twitching and you're shaking a little bit. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's just a, a power outage. Angus is just uh, just giving Nick a suspicious look, but he's not saying anything. <laughs> You're all right. Maybe it's just a latent static from from whatever that was passing by. I'll uh, no. You're all right. You you everybody has a very busy busy schedule on this exciting town day, and you know I'll 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 just go wander around the festival on my own like I I normally do, and we'll we'll catch up later. Yeah, I'll definitely be around the festival. <laughs> well, you. I mean, I mean, if you really want, you can come hang out with Juniper and I. You know, I'm usually the third wheel in a lot of cases, but this time you can be the third wheel. <laughs> You're trying to sell him on being the third wheel. Yeah, well, you, how else are you going to have tricycles? And with that, I think we uh, <laughs> we leave our crew there. Um, I, I have a question for the players, and I probably should have asked this before we saw a weird interdimensional anomaly crop up, but try to answer this honestly. Would your characters have their hoverboards and their devices with them on their on their way to this uh, uh, annual Town Day celebration? Is that something that you would bring along? Yes to both, for Angus. Shoot, I shouldn't have brought this with me. Damn it, I, I, my mom, this is like the last thing they want to see at a doorways uh, booth. Elliot, can I put this in your bag? And like holds up the reality cannon again. Yeah, I definitely have my bag with me. It carries my guitar. That makes sense. You got to load your gear. 
Mm-hmm. Can I can I stash this with you till after? Yeah, of course. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I don't want to bring this to the booth. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have my uh, power armor or my hoverboard. Actually, I don't have. A, I don't use the hoverboard anymore. I just use my armor. Um, yeah, and I'll give you the option if you want to have it in a way where, like, like I imagine that your armor can condense down and fold up into something a little more carryable. Like you don't have to if you want it with you, but not wearing it that is a possibility but also it's it's fine if you've you've left it oh you know what uh you know maybe that's like one of the things i've been working on i've been modifying it so that it kind of like fits into a backpack and i wear the backpack it doesn't hold anything except the armor itself it's like a hard shell backpack yeah yeah and then it's because that's the whole thing with the ablatine uh, plates is that they can fold out and all that kind of stuff and i just maybe added it so that the whole armor uh, can kind of fit in this like backpack type. It's thing. like one of those rain jackets that can fold back into its own pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Like a you see those like big plastic like toolboxes, like a hard shell, like a hard plastic briefcase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what about Nick? Uh, I think Nick would have both his sneakers and his sword, but I don't know if he would have his hoverboard with him. That's fair. Okay, cool. Just wanted to check in about that. Uh, with that, I think the crew arrives at the fair. arrive at the parking lot outside the rec center to find a large crowd of people in good spirits if slightly confused. Everywhere you look people are talking about the blackout. It seems to have affected the entire town uh, and it's definitely in effect here. The booths and tables are all set up, the vendors and food trucks are in position, the hay bale maze has been constructed. Uh, what did Michael say? Townie the town mascot is, is there in his big suit. <laughs> but the outdoor stage that's been constructed on top of a flatbed truck trailer is eerily silent and the lights on the motionless uh, carnival attractions are all dark. Nonetheless, the celebration appears to be going ahead regardless as not even a blackout can dim Hillview's town day spirit. Welcome to the fair. Where do you, where does everybody head off to and who do we want to check in with first? I, I think initially I'm just looking for uh, Juniper. I, I'm probably arranged uh, to meet up with her at a specific spot. I don't know what that would be. Uh, maybe at the uh, snow cone place, which I know, like, why would you have a snow cone at a, like a winter festival? But uh, I'm from Winnipeg and uh, you would have Slurpees uh, all the time. So, I, yeah, that's where I'm going to be. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, you spoke at first. Let's, let's check in with Chester. I think... Uh... I think you arranged to meet Juniper uh, in like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes from now. Like you you arranged a time and then arranged with your friends to be there on time so that you'd, you know, make a good impression and stuff. But as you walk up, she's already waiting there. Uh, and and uh, as she notices you, she's kind of a little embarrassed and she's like, oh, uh, Chester, hi. Sorry, I'm I'm early. I didn't expect you to also be early, which makes it really clear how early I am and that's that's a little embarrassing but I just I, I don't like being late for things uh it, it gives me a lot of anxiety so I just I, I tend to come to everything about about an hour before I'm supposed to be there I'm, I'm, I'm sorry oh hey don't worry about it you know you know what they say the early bird gets uh in line first so um <laughs> is that is that your um your uh Grand Capone that says that or is that just everybody uh, no, Graham Capone. Uh, that that was her line. I I don't know what how other people say it, um, but <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. It's good to see you. I I'm very excited to see this uh, this 
uh, town day celebration and, and all the rides and everything. Well, I don't know if we're going to be able to to go on any of the. I mean, they they all look dark. I I think, yeah, I, I think I think we might be out of luck on that front. Which, you know, honestly, I was a little bit scared of the idea of going on the rides. I I love the town day celebration, but I've always been a little bit afraid of heights and motion and and speed and and you know everything to do with with amusement park rides. So it's it's really fine. We can just just walk around the fair and not go on anything scary if you if you want. Okay, well, okay, sure, we can go, maybe we can go buy the rides, and we can, like, look at them, and then we'll try to figure out what the rides are all about. I think that would be a, kind of fun. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, okay, uh, we, we're really, really stuck on the rides. Yeah, okay, no, I can do this, I can, I can do this. They don't even have power, it's fine. Yeah, of course you can, I'll be right there with you. Yeah, she seems, she seems encouraged by this. She's like, anyway, hang on just one sec. My, my snow cone's almost ready. Um, and the, the guy behind the counter hands her over a paper cone that's just full of water and kind of shrugs like, freezer's not working. <laughs> She's like, that's, that's okay. Never mind. Um, and she joins you, Chester. And it's like, I already paid for that, damn it. <laughs> uh, and you guys head off to go investigate the rides. Uh, meanwhile, uh, let's check in with uh, Lake and Angus. You guys are, I assume, on your way to the doorways booth. Yeah, thanks again, Angus, for this. I, I, if I do this for my mom, it it just means we can slug blast like all weekend. So like all next weekend. So it, it's sort of a, a give and take with her, and and it really it means a lot that you're helping me out with this because uh, this this is how I'm able to get out of the house to do all the other other cool fun stuff we do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get it. You you want to buy good grace where you can, right? Yeah. Uh, and then as as they walk up, they realize that nothing in this booth is electrically charged. It's all pamphlets and like uh, uh, like bulletin boards of information. Mm-hmm. And so really no- nothing's going to change for the, the old doorways booth because of this blackout. It's not running on electricity. <laughs> yeah, you maybe had a brief moment where you were like, oh, you know, blackout. Maybe it'll all be canceled and I won't have to. But no, sure enough, as you walk up, yeah, there's not even... Not even like a single spotlight on a bulletin board or a, an electronic display of any kind. It is all analog, all boring, all the time. I think as you walk up and take your seat, uh, you see a couple of uh, a, a group of three kids who are like younger than you, like still like early in middle school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just flip you off as they walk by. <laughs> just like fully openly flip you the bird. Uh, Angus makes a heart with his hands and blows them a kiss. <laughs> I... Lake side and then sees that and like chuckles like ah <laughs> maybe it won't be so bad after all. This weekend, it's the first weekend of November. Mm-hmm. So that means we're coming up on what is it? Nine weeks of school? Yeah, but about that. Why? Huh. Uh, sorry. I just the timing on that just uh came out of nowhere, huh? Damn it. The, the timing on what, Angus? Uh, it's it's really stupid. Um, from, you know, before high school when I was homeschooled. Uh, huh. You can't stick with anything longer than nine weeks. That's what was said to me about every single extracurricular that I did not want to be put into while I was homeschooled. And it kind of made me feel like, I don't know, I guess I couldn't do anything right. Whatever. Well, well it looks like your, your your streak is going strong, and, and 
you know, if you really wanted to slug blast this weekend, as, as soon as we get this over with, I promise we can go like tear ass all over the fair. We'll 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 hoverboard every corner of this this uh, rec center parking lot. I promise. Well, that's the thing. Like, if we do, we're not. Uh, it's no, you're right. Nothing's gonna go. I'm getting in my head. God damn it. Sorry. Uh ha ha. Don't speed up. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I'm freaking out and i'm not supposed to freak out it's nothing's gonna go wrong you're right everything's fine <sighs> everything's fine yeah besides we got to see elliot off before she runs off and joins jack collective right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, you guys uh have a little chuckle about that your your friend's recent uh misadventures with slug blaster magazine and Angus, as you're as you're uh reassuring yourself that like nothing's gonna go wrong everything's gonna be okay Something catches your eye in the in the sort of crowd of people moving around. This is still sort of in the setup period of the fair, so like it's not not full of people yet. It's not not maximum traffic here, uh, and, and like the attractions aren't really started yet. It's still kind of everything's just in the starting phases. Um, but there is like a, a, a fair number of people here mingling around, and for just a second, you one of the passersby catches your eye. Uh, and there's nothing nothing jumps out at you at first. He's just dressed in like very plain clothes, very just like dark jacket and a, and a hat and like not, nothing super out of the ordinary. You almost can't figure out why he jumps out at you and then it clicks in your head. You could swear that this was one of the guards from the rescue facility that you infiltrated when you went to get back your sneakers uh, after they were confiscated from you. Okay. Uh, Angus picks up a pamphlet and opens it and holds it right up in front of his face. <laughs> and that's where we leave Angus. He's yeah. ducking by the old ducking behind the newspaper gag. Uh, I want to check in with Elliot. Uh, Elliot, you were going to meet up with your band for a sound check. Yes. I think as you approach that uh, that flatbed trailer uh, that, that has been uh, converted into an outdoor stage, you do see Michelle and Riku waiting there for you. Um, one of them is carrying like uh, a big hefty case that would carry, uh, you know, longer than a guitar case, you uh, presume a bass guitar. Um, and the other one is standing in front of just, just a pile of like uh, assorted drums and cymbals and, and hardware to, to fit it all together. And they kind of see you stroll up, uh, loosely swinging your voidware backpack over one arm and are like, it is really not fair that you can fit everything in a shoulder bag. That's like, next time, can I throw my drums in there, please? I mean, yeah, you never asked, so I... Yeah, well, I didn't think about it. Anyway, uh, you heard about this blackout? Apparently it's it's affecting the whole town. I don't know if we're going to be able to do our thing here. Yeah, that's frustrating. Um, I don't know. Like like I said, I've... I've still got my acoustic, so I could pro and like the drums are pretty loud. But I don't know about you, Riku. Like that bass is gonna need some electricity, right? Yeah, I mean, I could try and pick really hard, and and Michelle can try and hit really quiet, and and we'll see if we can do an unplugged set. I don't know. That's that's not ideal. And uh, I think I already used Patterchuck. I was going to have him be in charge of the stage, but it can't be. It's got to be a new original character. Oh, boy. Get ready. This is going to be my greatest creation yet. Here we go. Here we go. What here we a go. wacky <laughs> original. Oh, boy. Um, uh, hi hi there. You guys are, are with with the uh, performances. What, uh, what, what is your band name? Oh. It's uh, a lady carrying a clipboard. 
We're uh, Paula the Ape Woman. Oh, uh, all right. All, all three of you are Paula the Ape Woman? Yeah, it's it's like a collective noun. Oh, it's like the like how it's not it, well, one guy wasn't Led Zeppelin. It was like all of them. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's no power. That's fine for you, right? Everything's still good. You can perform. Please say you can perform. Everyone's been canceling and we have no entertainment and I'm not sure what to do. Uh, we can make it work. They all say they need power and we don't have power and I don't know how to get power and I just, I'm just i just in charge of the entertainment and if there's no music, people are, it's not going to be town day without music and... Wait, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can track down a generator. Yeah. I'm going to roll <laughs> to see if I can pull... <laughs> A generator out of my backpack. Amazing. I love this. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, we're just going to do uh, solid chill rolls with two dice. That's a five. Yeah, you're able to do it because it is a mixed success. You're able to pull that um, generator. It's it's a bit of an unwieldy process because it's it's like uh, uh, exactly what you'd picture of like a big gas generator. It's it's big and, and it's uh, heavy. And you're you're able to pull it from the sort of uh, ether of the multiverse, but like getting it to fit through the mouth of a cinch up backpack is the I don't know how exactly you do. Maybe you've got like a zipper <laughs> that you can expand it with or something. Um, I leave that up to you. The logistics of how this backpack works. Maybe there's some some uh, ripping involved, but one way or another, you manage to get this generator out. And uh, and uh, present it to the organizer here, and and she's like, "Oh, that's you had that in. How did you? I'm not gonna look this uh, gift generator in the mouth. That's this is amazing. Thank you so much. Do you know how to <laughs> set it up or do anything? I, I'm sure someone here will know. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Thank you so much. Uh, and she goes to like lift it away from you, and then can't lift it, and is like, um, help." Help, please. Someone help. And she goes off to find someone to help her set it all up. Uh, what I'm going to do with that mixed success is that the consequence is going to carry forward here for you. Uh, so we're not going to see what happens right now, but it's gonna. we're going to see that consequence a little later on. But no time for that now. We got to go check in with Nick. Nick, I'm curious to know what you're up to. I kind of saved you for last on purpose because I, you're the one who I know the least about your plans. What, uh, what is Nick's intent here? Uh, I guess in sort of like the main entry of the parking lot, everyone sort of split ways and, and walked off in different directions. And Nick uh, kind of hung behind a bit. He like started taking some slow steps to sort of like made, made it look like he was going somewhere, but he, he really wasn't. And immediately just ducks behind the first food tent he can see. Like there's like, actually maybe it's not a tent. Maybe there's like a corn dog mobile or something and he hides behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes. Uh, and I think he, so he, he recalls this uh, anomaly. What are we, what are we calling it? An, an, an anomaly? Let's call it an anomaly. Yeah. Okay. You don't know much about it other than that. So I think anomaly is a perfect name for it. He, he recalls the anomaly, as you mentioned earlier, through the incident with overclocking his sword. So I think he's hoping that if he unsheathes his sword, maybe there will be some kind of reaction 
Maybe there's some sort of like classic sting glows blue with orcs nearby kind of kind of thing. Like, Interesting. He's, he's trying to do any sort of dowsing technique, fi- find this thing that he can. That's his. It maybe it won't work at all, but this is his first thought. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think the way to resolve this is with a roll, and I think maybe it's less of a like. You know, you just pop your sword out and and hope for the best, and more of a like Nick applying his smarts here because I think you, yeah, maybe maybe that that like it's it's a quick modification that you're like, well, maybe if I can lock onto the signature of the the dimension that I sliced into that day, uh, and and reroute it and reverse the polarity, it'll help me detect uh, trace amounts of that radiation in our own dimension. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> making it up. I should let you do the jargon. Um, Nevertheless, I think it's it's an attempt to sort of hack your sword to have this ability, and we'll get a roll to see how well that goes for you. So let me know what you're rolling and what you're adding to it, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Does this count as be like somewhat involving portaling physics at all, or is that unrelated? I think it does to a degree because it was like a rift that you opened that day, so I'd allow that. Okay, because yeah, then I'll get one additional d6 from uh, Hyperphantasiac, which I have. And then I think I'll just add one d6 from my smarts pool because because this still applies Nick using everything he knows about portaling physics and trying to trying to sort of puzzle that out. So yeah, I will be rolling three d6 then. Ugh! Oh boy, uh, two. Oh, <laughs> two is the highest. I got a two, a one, and a one. Ooh. Wow! Uh, but. Uh, when I add dice from my smarts pool, if the action fails, I regain whatever I just spent because I learned from my failures. Oh, that's nice. Nick's always learning yeah, every still day. Still means I messed up this one, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what happens with this uh, this roll, it is a failure, which means that unfortunately, whatever you're trying to do here, whatever radiation you're trying to get it to detect or, or signal you're trying to lock onto, it just doesn't quite do it. I think you just don't know enough about this anomaly to be able to program this properly. Like this, this idea might work if you got more mm. information. Um, but uh, maybe that's the learning from your failures part is that you like, you realize that like, no, the idea is sound. I just don't have the, the means to, to pull it off. Still in my current missing state. enough stuff for the f- calculations. Yeah. Yeah. But this isn't just a failure. It was a, a, uh, you also roll a problem here. And I think the problem comes uh, very similar to what happened to Angus earlier. You, you also, notice uh someone walking by the difference being with angus uh he just noticed this person this person didn't notice him uh but as you pull out your negatana and it gives off a glow you attract the attention of someone uh and you kind of lock eyes for a moment uh and you recognize the face of one of the guards from the rescue facility that you broke into uh and and worse than that he seems to recognize you and you see him sort of like lock eyes with you and then turn away and kind of almost like put his face like talking to his own coat as though he's like got a got a walkie-talkie or so like he's communicating with someone but he sort of like turns and and covertly starts talking to someone what do you do uh would you believe that this is a custom stick for corn dogs <laughs> i think he's like far enough away that you he doesn't he can't hear you like he's across the parking lot from you but just kind of ah, dang it, the, okay. your sword was glowy enough that it caught his eye kind of thing I think it's a matter of uh, he, he spotted me, but he's not over, so he's not right by me. I need to try and disappear and get out of there, I guess. Yeah, yeah that 
That's certainly one course of action, yep. Uh, I I want to roll my hyperphaser to, like, lean back into the corndog mobile and just phase right through the wall. <laughs> uh, absolutely you can. I will, I will do that, and... I, this, is a, this is a weird thing, but are you trying to look cool? Because it is actually pretty cool. <laughs> um... You know what? Sure. I horribly failed the first roll. Why would that happen again? Let's try to look cool. <laughs> I'll add one boost and one kick from my device. So, rolling 2d6 with a kick on it. That's a six. There it is. Yeah, you melt seamlessly through the corn dog cart. I think, like, <laughs> are you attempting to get, like, to the other side of it or, or like. Um, would there be, like, a whole row of concession? carts or vehicles or food yeah or i think that makes sense i think if i like pass through into the corn dog cart and then if you'll allow with that kick i just keep going through the rest of the vehicles to get down the row <laughs> oh that's very good yeah so i all think the people uh, are cooking in the kitchen and suddenly i'm just walking through the stoves and things <laughs> yeah i think you get a uh there's a couple of weird looks from from chefs as they're like desperately trying to figure out how to make their setup work without the uh the electrical outlet they were promised. And then I think you also, there's a couple of those moments like in a movie where the janitor's got headphones on and like, you know, you run by through the floor and your head like weaves through the all the kitchen apparatuses and like they don't even know, like they're still just chopping onions and don't even register that you went by. And uh, yeah, you make your way along this row and uh, are able to get it at the end and, and it looks like uh, you, you, you are out of eyeline of this uh, covert rescue agent that had clocked you. Uh, and again, both of these uh, instances, like you, you, the the agents you've spotted haven't been wearing rescue uniforms or paraphernalia of any kind, which is odd. Like they're not a covert ops uh, setup. Like they're, they're not undercover. They're generally very visible and very like rounding up partying teens in other dimensions. They're usually wearing high vis stuff, but uh, this is a little bit a little bit weird to see. But enough about that. I think we got to check back in with Chester and Juniper over at the rides. So Chester, you and Juniper approach these carnival rides and, and as stated before, um, they are they are all dim. Um, I think it's the kind of thing, I, I don't know entirely how carnival rides work. I'm assuming with a lot of this stuff that like, while mega friction technology exists and makes cheap gen, uh, generation of a uh, large amounts of electricity uh, entirely possible, it's also very new. So things like the city power grid haven't quite been fully converted over, kind of thing. Like there, there, that hasn't happened yet. Where some of your devices take advantage of this mega friction technology, the city itself is still on uh, somewhat more archaic stuff because bureaucracy slows everything down. Uh, and I think with carnival rides, my assumption is that while they may have like generators and and power sources of their own, they ha they need to at least draw upon the city's power grid to some degree. Uh, and I did a little bit of research that seemed to confirm that it was hard to hard to get uh, specific information there. Uh, the carnies guard their secrets closely, but I believe that that is, uh, viable. And if not, it's a fictional world. Um, so yes, these, uh, these rides are currently dark. They don't have the power source they need. Uh, but Chester, you and Juniper approach. Do we want to collectively decide on what rides are here? We already established as like some sort of a fun house, haunted house thing. Ferris wheel. Yeah, I think a Ferris wheel makes sense. Do they still have both rides called the zipper? There are two rides called the Zipper? Yeah, there's the one that's like you're in the cages that spin and then also they move along a conveyor, but also the conveyor spins. So there are like three different things moving. 
Or there's one that's that the was, one I'm thinking of. Yeah, there was another one that was like kind of a fireball knockoff that was also called the zipper. I think. I think I remember that. Wow. <laughs> we'll walk around K days and see two different zippers and go. Well, I'm. Yeah! One of them is clearly better than the other. What what is happening? Uh, you have the worst of the two zippers. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you uh, Chester, you approach. Okay. Well, huh. It really is kind of boring when they don't move, huh? Huh. I mean, I I find them a lot uh, less intimidating in this state. They're, they're, they they can't hurt me like this. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it won't hurt you. Trust me, the, these are, uh, you know, reliably maintained by carnies. And as Graham Capone always said, life is a carnival. So the only people you can fully trust are carnies. So... Um, a guy nearby leaning against the ride just spits on the ground, spits a tooth out at your feet, and then oh. looks up at you with just the greasiest smile. Uh, and then a much more respectable person comes along and shoes them away and is like, hey, get out of here. I'm trying to run a ride. Get out. Get out. <laughs> yeah, loiterers hanging around. I'm sorry. I'm in charge of this ride here. Uh, what can I do for you? Well, yeah, well, you know, we're just like seeing that there's no power and man, if there was just some sort of power source to be able to do it, hang on a second. I'm going to just pull out my phone here for a second. And my phone is currently charging into a little power socket in my backpack of uh, of the powered armor because it's got like a, a cell, a power cell in it. And then as he's taken out and the phone is connected to the wire to his backpack, Chester has this moment of, hey, wait a minute. What happens if I use this and connect it to the zipper? It's like just a big phone, except it doesn't make calls. It gives you rides. That should work. And and I like look over at Juniper. I can totally make that work. And I, I power uh, turn on the uh, the powered armor so it kind of fully engages. It wraps me up. I'm like. Uh, is it okay if I try to repair your ride or make it go? Absolutely. We let unqualified children do that all the time. No, of course not. I'm I'm responsible for the safety and well-being of these these uh, festival patrons, and I'm not, I'm not just going to let some kid mess around with the the inner workings of my ride. No, of course not. Well, I'm not not the out. I'm just like the main power plug-in. You know, that's all. I mean. Sure, we need we need a, a a lot of charge to a lot of juice to get this thing going. But I mean, if you can present me with a power outlet that works, then yeah, I'll plug it in. I guess. Okay. Well, if you think of it like this, and then I start explaining it in some sort of like convoluted way, and somehow it like ta- like he brings in examples of like how spaghetti is like electricity, and like it doesn't really <laughs> fully uh, make sense, but like he gets there. And of course, I don't have a true example to uh, come up with the techno babble because David Ray barely understands electricity. So, uh, but you know, Chester starts trying to figure it out, and so I don't know. I was hoping that I could possibly uh, use the power cell and like make a check that way. Yes, absolutely. We'll get a roll. I, I just wanted to. Uh, I, I felt like it would be disingenuous for this guy to just allow you full access to his ride but but yeah i think that's where he's at is if you're if you're able to present him with some way to plug in uh the thing um and i think you can even see like the big um connector where where it would connect and and uh 
Robin Slack also doesn't know quite how this electricity works. Uh, yeah, I think you can see the big cable connector and the fact that like it's clearly there's no juice going to it. But maybe you can sort of hotwire it from your powered armor. And I think that is going to take a roll to see if you can do it. I want to use a couple of dice for my armor. And I want to try to look cool. Uh, I'm trying to impress Juniper uh, with this. Thinking like, hey, this will be impressive, right? And, and uh, you know, assure her that I'm a very good science partner. And here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's a good old three, my dude. <laughs> oh, boy. Low rolls this episode. <laughs> On the bad run, too. Like. I, I was trying to look cool, but... I, I did say I was trying to look cool, so that means the consequences have got to even be worse. Yes, I just love that, that you phrased that to Robin like it was going to be Robin's problem, not yours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't know. Your game's ruined now, I guess. I don't know. Hey, weird kids, it's your Slugmaster Game Blaster here once again to thank you so, so much for listening to the show and to implore you to share it with friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It, it takes so little time to do, and it absolutely means the world to us. We read every single review and frantically message each other every time we get a new one. I promise that we appreciate it more than you can ever know. Uh, we are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, memes, audiograms, and lots more. You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, for, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews, outtakes, and more. I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who we'll talk more about in just a quick second here. This adventure is a three-part episode, and uh, even though we normally release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, we've decided that for this run, in order to keep things a little more cohesive, we're going to go weekly. Uh, so there will be another brand new episode dropping on Wednesday, November 17th, and then the conclusion will go up on Wednesday, November 24th, and after that we'll be uh, back to our regular bi-weekly rotation. And as always, patrons can listen to all new episodes two days early, so be sure to sign up for that. We're going to get you right back to the action right away here, but first, we've got some quick announcements from the Town Day stage. Yes, hello. Uh, sorry to interrupt the show. I just have a few quick announcements from the stage here. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by ATB. Looking for a way to give back? ATB Cares makes it easy for all Albertans to support causes that they care about. Donate to your favorite charity through ATB Cares, and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities. To learn more and to donate, visit atbcares.com. Uh, that's the sort of thing that you would think would be very important to the organizers of Town Day, uh, charities and nonprofits, but uh, actually we are a completely for-profit endeavor. We make bank on mini donuts and elephant ears every year. It's actually embarrassing how much we pull in from that. So uh, we're all good, but other charities really need the help. So it's nice that they're doing this. Um, today's episode is also brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, which is uh, the network that we're on here. And uh, and they have a bunch of incredible shows as well over at uh, albertapodcastnetwork.com. Uh, shows like Putting It Together. Putting It Together is a podcast about Stephen Sondheim's entire body of work, show by show and song by song. Each week, Kyle Marshall invites an expert to discuss a Sondheim song in depth. And together they discover the humor, how the songs inform character, and any hidden meanings. And most 
importantly, they try to understand the man behind the music, the Shakespeare of our time, as best they can. Now, that's wonderful. I love Sondheim personally, and I would love to dive into his work a little more. I love all of his shows, everything except Merrily We Roll Along. I don't know, something about the the reverse chronological when when everything gets out of order and and the time gets all messed up like that i just can't wrap my head around it but the other ones are great anyway uh that's about all i have to say thank you so much for listening uh and let's get back to the show Let's go check in on Angus and Lake. You guys were at the Doorways booth, and Angus, you had just made a bit of a discovery, so you're currently hiding behind a Doorways pamphlet. And I'm curious to know what, what Lake makes of this behavior. So yeah, there's there's a website you can go to. You can just, or, or don't, you don't have to go to the website. Okay, bye. Ang- Angus, what do you, Angus? And she like pulls, pulls it down a little uh, to try to like look at him in the eye, and maybe he pulls it back up. Uh, huh. You remember, um, how do I put this? Uh, when we went to get something that belonged to us, to me, and Chester. Uh, yeah, when we raided the, the drought facility. No, sh- 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 not so loud, Jesus. Oh, the I feel like the statute of limitations on that's uh, long since passed there, but uh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> we should... Maybe, well, okay, maybe yeah, if the statute of limitations had passed, then there probably wouldn't be undercover rescue cops here. Where? Where? What? And she, like, kind of gets down a bit because she's very tall and is like, <laughs> well, where? Who? I, I, Angus looks around. Does he still see the guy? Yeah, I think you see this person. They're, they're kind of like, uh, this guy's, like, loitering a little bit and uh, scanning the room and then taking a few paces and scanning the room again. But yeah, he hasn't hasn't left your eyeline yet. Do you think he's undercover or maybe just here to enjoy town day? He, they get days off, I assume. Yeah, and they'd want to come to the lamest festival in Hillview. Well, then yeah, okay. What What do you think he's on the lookout for then? I don't know, but... <laughs> wow, um, I didn't think things would go wrong that fast. Okay. Um... Go wrong? What, what do you keep talking about that something's going to go wrong? It, it's like you're... You're really paranoid, and it's freaking me out. I'm not paranoid. I'm not paranoid. I I just I just recognize him, and if I recognize him, then maybe... No, you know what? You're, you're right. It's fine, and I shouldn't worry about it. Um, I, I, I think I just... I think I need to take a walk. Oh, well, okay, okay. I get it. Does Lake recognize him? Yeah, I think you guys all... all saw this guy's face when you were like, because you, you had a pretty extended encounter with at least two of those rescue agents when you were sort of having the final showdown there um, where you, you doused everyone in foam. So yeah, I think you recognize this guy as well. Uh, okay, he then he then turns around sort of in our general direction. The sunspot was sort of blinding Lake and now she sees him after all that and is like, oh, oh shit, yeah, jeez, okay. Um, uh... Yeah, take t- take take a walk. I'll I-, I can handle it if he if he comes up here to the booth. I can play dumb. But yeah, if you if you gotta go, I I understand. Uh, I'll I'll be right back. I know. Okay, cool. Uh, and Angus uh uh hurries off. Uh, Lake pops up from behind the booth, like kind of rigid, like a like a boing, and then is like just sort of with the straightest face she can muster, just acts like a teenager manning a manning an information booth. 
doesn't like seek that guy's eye contact, but is just like really, really believes in her uh, statute of limitations and and the plausible deniability of working for doorways. I think he does make his way over. We're going to stick with Lake for a second here and then we'll find out what Angus is up to. Um, You're pretty unmissable where the other kids might sort of be able to blend it and just be like, no, I'm a different brown haired teenager. You got you got it all wrong, man. You're the only kid with a half glitched out body. Yeah, that's quickly sinking into Liam and Lake right now. <laughs> N- neither of us really thought about that. <laughs> so I think there, like, as much as I've, I don't want to uh, throw unearned complications on you here, I, I don't think there's there's any way around it that, like, if he does, at some point he's going to notice the glowing girl. But actually, instead of approaching, I think he catches sight of you and and you see that look of recognition and then I think he turns and walks the other way, uh, almost as though he's worried about being caught out here. Yeah, the minute that he sort of clocks who you are and what you've got going on, he he turns and moves in the other direction and sort of exits the area. Huh. Um. Hmm. And she kind of like looks around and she's feeling she's feeling very alone. Um. Because Angus Angus scuttled off, but. Yeah, you know what? I, I was like, she's got a man this booth. It's really important. But that, that seems really suspicious. Is it fair to say she's this was a suspicious thing you just laid out? Yeah, I think so. She she grabs a handful, like a stack of doorways pamphlets mm-hmm. and abandons the booth and chases sort of like tries to like stealth behind him. But her, her cover is going to be she went to go do it hand to hand. Not hand to hand, but like face to face outside of the. She booth. went to go handbill. Yeah, I got gotcha. Yeah. You, you know, it it might be. You know, it might have to be like a big old get blasted back somehow. You know, a little bit of like that Back to the Future energy when he, you know. Gets just pulled away by, uh, blown away by the speaker. It's that kind of yeah. You'd you'd like that, wouldn't you? Just to to walk away with a simple slam. That's Chester's favorite thing is to just take the hits. No, that's that that's how I'm going to resolve this because Chester doesn't mind taking some hits if it gets him what he wants. And so (laughs) I don't think that's the case here. I think you are able to wire it up. Um, and maybe it's that uh, that that strange intelligence that you've had lately, where where ever since the Golden Jungle Run, you've just been able to kind of piece things together. Things just make sense to you. You're able to wire this thing up. Um, I think you do it out of sight of the uh, of the carnival worker that you like uh, wire it up like further up the the chain, and then mm. just kind of come back and you're like, try it now. Uh, and and he's like, yeah, okay, whatever, and and plugs it in, and and lo and behold, it's got power. And he's like, wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you did, but I mean, it's you, you didn't mess with my business at all. I, I guess it's you managed to get the power on. Uh, should be okay. And there's maybe a little a uh, group of kids that have been like lined up and waiting and kind of like, is it working yet? Is it working yet? And he's like, Yeah, right. Uh, uh, all aboard, I guess. Uh, and opens up the gate. And do you, uh, do you and Juniper hop on this ride? Come on, Juniper. It'll be perfectly fine. What's, what's the worst that can happen? I'll be right there with you. Uh, and is it what ride? Was it the Ferris wheel or the zipper? Which one were you getting on? This, I said the zipper. The zipper. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys aborted this thing and and uh, and strapping the the big safety bar comes down. I don't fully understand which ride the zipper is. I was I was talking a big game like I knew my stuff, but I think I know the other zipper. Um, so if my description is inconsistent here. 
Uh, it's because it's a fictional zipper that's different than the one you're thinking all, of. All these rides are variations on one axis attached to an axis going in a different direction, attached that's kinda, to a third axis going in another direction. Kind of what I felt, yeah. yeah. So They're all the same thing. The big safety bar comes down <laughs> over top of you guys, locks into place. Juniper kind of flinches at it, but you maybe maybe put out a hand to reassure, like, it's okay, it's, it's going to keep us safe. And the ride starts going and it like does that thing where it sort of builds up a little bit and you're sort of you start to spin and it's like, oh, oh, getting a little bit of momentum. Uh, and then it starts spinning the other way even faster uh, and kind of ramping up to uh, to the crescendo. And for a little bit, you actually see Juniper kind of start to smile. And I, I think she feels that feeling of, of safety and control. Maybe she did, it's just that she feels safe here with you, Chester. Um, and it's helped her to kind of get past what she would normally be a little bit afraid of with these things. And then as it builds up to that crescendo, it keeps going. And I think your problem here is not that you weren't able to to wire it up, but that you were able to wire it up too well. You're, you're giving it more power than it uh, needs or has use for. Uh, and this mm-hmm. ride starts to get uncomfortably fast. It, it's going faster than, than it ever should or ever was designed to. And it starts to make some pretty some pretty upsetting screeching and groaning and rattling as you guys are going around and and the atmosphere shifts from like excitement and those screams of like having a good time on a roller coaster to like some genuine terror from these kids that are on the ride with you. We're not going to get too dark here. No one no one is, you know, flung from the ride and 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 everyone everyone is safe. But these uh, carnies have put some diligent uh maintenance into the uh safety bars and you know it's it. This is why you can always trust carnies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Grand Capone is very smart. Yeah. So I, I I think as it becomes evident that like something is wrong, the carnival worker goes and, and unplugs the ride and and it, it powers down or put. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's a safety shutdown uh, switch of like nope, kill it, shut it down, and the the ride sort of spins down and and powers back down. Uh, but these uh, everyone on board is is not having a good time. Kid next to you throws up. At, on your shoes and uh uh i think you guys are, are stuck there for a little bit um waiting for uh someone with a ladder to come in and undo everything manually because now it's been powered down not barf on the shoes with holes <laughs> wait is, oh I, for a second i was like is chester wearing crocs but no it's his, <laughs> his established shoes that let water in i remember i remember yeah yeah and I think, yeah, Juniper's next to you, and I think she's just clutching that safety bar and looking straight ahead and, and just kind of, like, looks a little shaken. Uh, <laughs> then, I, like, what I try to do is, like, oh, how would I do this? I, I'm going to, like, try to, like, put my hand, uh, like, on her shoulder and just try to, like, get her uh, to, to look and just try to, like, let her know that she can come close and I'll hold her uh, while we wait. Oh. As you put your hand on her shoulder, she flinches and uh, and then looks over to you and is... is she, she looks pretty terrified by this whole ordeal. I think she put a lot of trust here and, and the fact that it went this badly is is uh, has, has not sitting well with her. I think she maybe tries to take you up on your offer, but the, the safety bar is still locked in place and they haven't been able to lift it out of the way yet, so you guys are, are stuck a few feet apart and she goes back to just staring straight ahead and trying to calm herself down. And that's the complication from a a three when you try to look cool. (laughs) 
Angus, you you left in an awful hurry there. Where are you off to? As Angus leaves, he uh, uh, lights up a cigarette, and he's looking for Nick. Okay, so hear me out. Angus lights up the cigarette, nice inhale, lets out a big <sighs> a smoke, and then Nick comes barreling out of the side of a green onion cake tent and just knocks him over. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, the two of you land in a heap on the ground, just uh, to the side of a green onion cake booth. Sweet tie on the side. What are they doing here? <laughs> Never stop with these catchphrases. <laughs> Gee, ah, oh, okay. Wait, you saw them too. Yes. Uh, the, the rescue agents. And you okay. saw me with my sword behind the corn dogs. And you had your sword out, you idiot. Oh, I needed to get it out because I thought I'd be able to track down the anomaly that I brought into the world with it. What? <laughs> um... Would you believe that it's a custom stick for corn dogs? <laughs> no, Nick. <laughs> I, uh, I, so maybe we gotta keep moving. Come on. Yes, I'm sorry, Angus. I I didn't mean. Ah. Tell me this was before the Golden Jungle. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the exact date, but it, it was it was weeks ago. I I was running late to school because I, I overslept. Uh, weeks, weeks. Why did you not say anything to anybody? Well, I, it was just. Barely a moment. I just saw a flicker or something. I, I couldn't even tell if it was, if it was anything. Like, the same reaction you you guys had when when we saw it go by into the intersection. Like, I, I it was only for a moment. How, how was I supposed? Okay, to... but you know that you brought it in. Well, seeing it a, a second time, I remembered the same situation. And like, you know, I like the Matrix. Anytime there's a deja vu, that means there's something weird going on in the universe. So, <laughs> you're telling me that. In addition to rescue being here after us, there is a thing that we don't know what it is that has caused this blackout that you brought to Hillview? Wait, what if... Is maybe rescue here for for it? Or do they know that I did it and they're here for me for it for... Oh, Angus, I don't know what... I got us into and I'm so sorry. Okay, okay. Um we can fix this. Right? Right. How? I don't know. Um we can find a way to bring it to us. And then when it's brought to us, you open the rift with your sword and send it out of here. Or or I'll punch in the nth gear on my hoverboard and we'll make sure it gets out of here. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. We just have to uh, attract a strange anomaly we don't know anything about. Um, or, well, what what do we well, know? We know it... We need power, right? Power. Right, the electricity. Yeah. Um, well, where are we going to find any sort of power generator here? Huh. Where indeed? <laughs> <laughs> Cue the sound of a sound check from across the lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think let's uh, let's go check in on Elliot. So yes, Elliot, you uh, you managed to get this uh, generator all set up, or or you managed to procure this generator, and the organizer got it all set up. Uh, and I think uh, she returns to you guys and is like, um, "All right, well, uh, it, it seems to be working. It's it's uh, it's all set up. Um, the amp is plugged in, and uh, and the PA system. So um, the, there was only the, a limited number of outlets, but it, it should all work. Yeah, are, are you guys ready to go? What like perform right now? I, I did mention that I almost all of my acts canceled, right? We need someone on stage now. I think we're going to have to just go for it. I know you were supposed to get a sound check in, but any chance we can 
skip the pleasantries and just get to it? Hell yeah. Uh, and get to it, you do. I think you guys get up there. Um, as she said, there was only a limited number of outlets here. So like the, the, in fact, I, I don't even think there's a base out. I think it's just the PA system was what was able to be plugged in there, uh, to this generator. Uh, and there's enough channels, um, typical small town setup. It's all like borrowed gear and whoever happened to have stuff. So there's, uh, there's enough channels for you to get your vocals in, to get the bass in, but I don't think there's a channel for your guitar, Elliot. Mm. And likewise, like the drums aren't mic'd and and any of that. And uh, the other thing you notice is that this generator is super loud uh, because it's it's like an old school gas powered one, uh, and it's it's got to be right next to the stage for everything to be plugged in. So like right beside this flatbed trailer is this loud that's just going constantly as the motor on this thing runs to generate enough power to power the sound system. So you guys get get set up, and with that, you uh, you take the stage. All right, hey there, Hillview. Hey there, uh, Town Day. What? <laughs> hey there, Hillview. Generator's Hill really View. loud. I can't. We can't hear you. We are Paula the Ape Woman, and we are here to perform for you. I think she said it's Paula Abdul. I didn't know Paula Abdul was still doing music. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we owe this song. To a friend of ours who inspired it. It's called Supernova. <laughs> they said something about their friend Owen. <laughs> 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 to say that Angus and Nick do hear this performance happening? Yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty unmissable. I mean, you hear as much of it as any anyone does, which is not much. Uh, the song kind of continues on in the way we just heard. Uh, it, it is uh, largely drowned out by a generator. The drums are too loud. They're overpowering everything. It's just not quite uh, the setup. This is the complication that that was held over. By the way, I'm not just being needlessly cruel to you. This is the the uh, the payoff of oh, that. Oh yeah, no, I got it. Uh, but yes, Angus and Nick, I think you do hear this. I uh, I think we would get down there as fast as we can. Time to slip, rattle, and roll. Yeah. Um. I I might just use the midsoles. Honestly, teleporting's been iffy lately. Uh. Okay. And with that, you guys make your way over to the stage uh, and to this generator just as as the band is finishing up. Uh, you get that smattering of applause that's like, because it's a, it's a community event, like people aren't going to be mean about it. So you, you do get a like a light smattering of applause, but it's clear that like everyone's just kind of like, yeah, good try. That was, that was something. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank, thank you very much. We've been Paula the Ape Woman. Michelle kind of leans over and it's like, we did, we only did one song. Is that, are we not? And Riku's like, I'm not doing any more like that. I'm not finishing out a set. Are you kidding me? Uh, play another one. Uh, k- k- keep it going. Yeah. Uh, Paula the Ape Woman. Yeah. Rock on. Uh, Elliot, do, do you guys rally and keep going? I think you've got Michelle on one side being like, no. And Riku being like, eh? uh, okay, let's, let's just pull out kids these days and hope it goes well. 
I think, uh, yeah, you guys continue on and edit goes in much the same way. We uh, we hear the band kick it back up again. Nick and Angus, you guys are, are hoping to catch sight of this uh, anomaly, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Angus will have, uh, he gets as close to the stage as he can and taps his toe three times, slowing time down as slow as he can get it. I know you're not, like, you don't need to roll that for that ability, but I think uh, y'all make a roll for me anyway to see how this this plan of yours goes. Let's see how this plays out for you. I'll throw in a die and a kick from my skip mode, so I'm rolling 2d6, one kick. Uh, can I can I help with a, a smarts die? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In, maybe, like, as we were still coming over, maybe I was briefing what I had attempted to be searching for before. There's a little, little more context yeah. based on that. So it's a team roll? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, that works. Okay, sweet. Okay. 3d6, one kick. A six. There we go. So I think this this uh, works exactly as you suspected. You you were hoping that this thing uh, might have some sort of a, uh, a connection to electricity or be drawn to a power source. Uh, and sure enough, as as Elliot's band continues on uh, to the sporadic applause of the crowd gathered there, yeah, you, you catch sight of this shape again, uh, making its way up along the edge of the stage. Okay, uh, I'm going to run up to it. What does it look like slowed down? I think you get a little more sense of the shape of it. Uh, like it still has that very ethereal quality where it's it's sort of there and not there. It, it looks like you're sort of seeing a a distortion of of reality or a distortion of of light uh, rather than like a physical tangible thing. But the the sense you get is that it's it's very long and narrow. It's it's got sort of a uh, snake like or a, a bug like quality to it in that way. Okay. Is it, like, on the ground? Does it walk? It's sort of, like, it is moving along the ground level, but it, it's doing a lot of, like, twisting and moving and flowing in a way. Like, it is, it is even at a slow speed, really hard to pin down exactly how it's moving through space here. But it is at, like, a ground, like, it's not moving through the sky or anything. It's, it's not, like, floating. It, it actually, it touches the ground? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think still amidst the 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 next tune being played by Paul the Ape Woman, uh, Nick just in the middle of the crowd shouts out, "Negatana Ninth Form Friction Field Flash!" Uh, and this is where I'm going to try to activate my field projector. Roll to temporarily remove the surface friction from a room-sized area near you. Oh boy. Uh, what area are we talking? Like just the the area in front of the stage, or I guess yeah. I just I want to try and make it so this thing has no traction, and and we can like sort of get in on it from there. Sure, yeah. I will add a kick from my boost pool, and I will. I'm going to take a dare on this one. Uh, so when I do that, I get two d6 because of double dare. So I'm going to roll three d6 with a kick. I got a five. Okay. Uh, you, you beat the curse of the low rolls uh, to some degree. It's a mixed success. I think there's a, a hoist of the Negatana straight up above him, and then he thrusts it down into the ground, and you see that sort of red energy pulse out from uh, away from the, where the sword pierces the ground, and it sort of like spreads and sort of takes on a red glow in the area that has lost friction. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah, so you are able to do this, and you do see this thing is having a hard time, it, uh, like scrabbling. It's it's trying to move forward, but is is having a hard time uh, getting its uh, the traction that it needs. I think your complication here is that uh, you've you've removed the friction from the area directly in front of the stage, so you've got. You know, there wasn't a massive crowd gathered here. The set wasn't going great, but there were some people scattered around, we established, so they're all taking a tumble here as well. Uh, And I think, more importantly, your friend Angus was going to move in, uh, and I think you have sent him sort of slip-sliding directly towards the stage. Um, And that is the complication here, is Angus, you you no longer have your footing here, and even in... As as slow as you slowed down time, you are are skating towards the stage and uh, still don't have enough time to to do anything about it. Or maybe you do. What is Angus's reaction to this? I'm gonna nope this as Angus starts to feel the surface tension go uh, away and 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 there's no grip. He's still got time slowed down, so he's able to react a little bit more quickly. Uh, and he's going to activate the newly implemented anti-nega friction outsoles in his shoes. Yeah! <laughs> I don't even know how those abilities interact with each other because you're making your shoes have extra grip, but the environment has no grip. Oh, boy. I'm assuming if I can run up walls, I can also run around on uh, an ice rink, you know? That was going to be my pitch with the kick that I put on my roll is that... It, the, somehow the anti-nega friction outsoles are able to still work against this field generated by the nega friction sword. Yeah, I like that. Between the kick you spent and the and the trouble you're taking on to nope this, Angus, yeah, I, I think that's fair. You guys are able to sort of get your traction. I, I think the, the crowd of people in front of the stage still fall on their butts, because that's just funny. This is funny <laughs> when people fall down on their butts. <laughs> Go boom. Hilarious. Uh, but you guys are able to move through the environment. So yes, you have this thing scrambling to try and make its way towards the generator, uh, but you've got the drop on it for the moment. We're going to leave it in this moment uh, and go check in with Lake. Uh, Lake, you were in hot pursuit of a rescue undercover rescue agent that you noticed, and I think you're able to catch up to him pretty quickly. How are you approaching here? I guess I just want to see where he's going, because uh, if he's not looking, he's obviously looking for something slug blasting related, uh, and the combination of of Angus's paranoia and just the fact that she she didn't stand out almost like she it went from being like oh no he'll notice me to be like well hey why didn't he notice me I'm me gotcha <laughs> that she just kind of wants to know what's up with this guy so she's just trying to like nonchalantly follow him around. Um, yeah, I think you're able to do that, and for a while, he's just sort of moving around the fair, uh, seemingly haphazard, like seemingly at random. It doesn't seem like he's headed any particular direction. And then I think at some point, you lose him for a moment. Maybe there's a, an extra thick crowd, or maybe like people carrying some equipment by, and, and you just like lose track of him for a second. Um, and as you're like looking around to kind of try and get a line on where he went, you feel a hand on your shoulder, and he's looped around and, and come up behind you there. And he's like, well, uh, I guess if you're not going to make this easy, then we might as well just just talk this out. Huh? You're the, you're the girl who broke into rescue, huh? You and your friends? Recognize the, the whole deal. What? No, no, I'm, I'm here as a, 
as a representative of doorways, have you have you heard the good word of uh, hugs, not not slugs? All right, listen. He I hands him a pamphlet. I don't have time for for games here. I'm I'm not here about you. I'm not happy to see you, and I'm sure that that we're gonna have to have some words later. But but right now we've got bigger problems. So if if you're one of these teen slug blasters and you've maybe uh, got a line on some of the interdimensional happenings, maybe maybe we can help each other out here. You seen anything weird going on lately? Any any kind of uh, strange occurrences or anomalies? Um, she st- she like st- was questions whether or not she wants to keep the ruse up, and then she's like, "Well, um, check- I guess I'm made." She pulls out her phone. And is like, "No, we we checked the space time amphimeter, and we didn't see anything, but we did see like a weird like heat wave looking thing back by the the um convenience store intersection light, uh, and then everything went dark." That, that since then we've we've just been hanging out at, honestly at the at the doorways thing and she like holds up her hand she's like I'm not it wasn't me this time I eh. heat wave looking yeah like it, it it it's almost invisible but you can still see it is that making sense yeah like like when you see the hot hot sidewalk yeah and where did you see this thing uh, at the intersection with the one traffic light in the convenience store and she she holds up her her now soggy Twizzler and uh, <laughs> a drink combination. Yeah, I'm from Hillview. I I know the traffic light. We've only got the one, so that makes sense. Listen, uh, I think he pulls out a a sleek looking card and is like, "You see that thing again? You call the this is my direct line. You you call me, okay? It's very important that we track that thing down before it can do any more damage. She, this this blackout is is just the beginning. You you don't want to see how bad things can get here." Oh, okay, okay. And then this is also a ruse, but maybe he'll buy this one. He's like, "Okay, Mister, I'll 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 wait right over at the the doorways booth and and call you if I see anything." Okay, I, I that's not particularly helpful to me, but whatever. Just just if you see anything, you or any of your little friends here, you let us know. Okay, you call us right away. Don't try to deal with this yourselves. Don't try to do anything. You call. Of course not. The authorities. She like does a does a big head shake like goodness no and like puts her hand to her heart and it's like the wrong side of her chest um yeah i, f- I feel like you're doing a bit of a bit here I, I cannot stress this enough this is this is important stuff this is our entire job this is what we deal with you know when there's a building on fire you call the fire department when there's a weird interdimensional anomaly you call us okay am i being clear here she she sighs and like drops her shoulders like okay okay all right thank you I gotta get back to patrolling here, but, you know, you never saw me. She nods. So, like, you uh, you part ways with this uh, rescue agent uh, who's who's passed along his card. You, you've kind of got multiple options here. You could go check on your friends, but I think of, of priority to, like, would it be fair to say that, that one of her priorities might be to go and check back in on that doorways booth that she's been entrusted with? Yeah, now that she got the answer she needed, she's gonna hustle back to her post. Yeah, and, uh... As you return there, like, you weren't gone for a super long time. You did have to tail him for a little bit before you you caught up with him. But did it did not take long at all. As you return to the booth, I think you see those same kids earlier from earlier that, like, flipped you off. They're in the area, and as you approach, they kind of all, like, you know, whisper to each other, like, oh, that's, yeah, go, go, go. And they all go uh, bolting off. And as you return to the doorways booth... It has been just fully terrorized and vandalized. They've come in with Sharpies and just like, 
you know, there's the poster of you with slug blasting not even once, and they've drawn, you know, mustaches and stink lines on it, uh, and they've they've vandalized all the all the doorways propaganda to say various pro slug blasting stuff. Uh, lots of, you know, jet collective rules and that sort of thing. It's like covered in fussed stickers. Yeah, yeah. Stickers, uh, Sharpie, the works. It is like not even uh, remotely recoverable. This booth is entirely trashed. Uh, oh, no. Oh, geez. Oh, man. And they, they, they really made it. Oh, and they took the last of my Twizzlers, too, those little shits. Oh. And I think at that moment, your, uh, your M phone buzzes in your pocket and you pull it out and you get uh, a text from your mom uh, that just says, Everything going okay at the booth? Um, she she replies yes, and then just feels incredibly guilty. Let's check in back at the stage. Uh, you've got this thing pinned up against the side it's scrambling it can't quite get its its bearings but you guys have your friction outsoles so you're you're moving in what do you what what is your hope here what do you what what's your play okay angus i'm gonna try and open a rift right by the generator if you can get on your board and just try and slam it right into that rift the moment i try and teleport i think we'll get it okay and and it sounds really weird because angus is still kind of slowed down and he doesn't know how fast he's supposed to talk very good uh, I'm gonna need a roll from both of you, I think, on this, because you're you've got two steps. You're trying to open the rift and trying to knock it through. So I think we need to get rolls from both of you, uh, uh, along with whatever you're adding there. Is it cool if I use a team hype on a hype die on this one? Yeah. 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 Go I'm gonna grab one of those, one of my own boost, and uh, and a kick. I am going to use the remaining die and kick on my skip mode runners. Uh, and I think I'm also going to take the die from my guts. So that will be 3d6 and one kick. Beautiful. Same, same roll I'm going for. I got a five. I got a six. All right. Nice. So Angus, describe to me uh, your your approach as you as you go to knock this thing into position. Uh, I think Angus brings time back to, like, just on the slow side of normal, um, just to still get him some wiggle room so that he can be really precise and also not lose track of this thing. Um, he gets on his hoverboard, kicks off, and I think what he's going to do is he's going to come right up behind it, pull out his ray and fire a few times, basically trying to drive it forward away from these attacks and into Nick's rift. Beautiful. And you do exactly that. You come careening up on your hoverboard. It's still sort of scrambling. And yeah, you, you are able to, both with the just like oncoming force of your of your hoverboard and the, the firing old Western style of the ground, uh, you're able to start driving this thing in the direction that you want to go. Uh, meanwhile, Nick, describe to me opening this rift. I think uh, he pulls his sword up out of the ground where he had put it for the, the friction field and then resheathes it and gets down in that stance where he has been before for this quick draw move. But instead of staying still, he takes off at a sprint toward the generator and he shouts out, Negaton a seventh form rush, quantum quick draw dash. And he starts doing the same move uh, that he would with the quick draw where it's the really quick slice, but this time he's moving while it's happening. So he makes it just to the generator at the point where he does the really fast draw slice resheath. Beautiful. I think you're able to to pull that off because you did roll that mixed success. 
Where where are you aiming to open a rift to? Um, I guess because it, I t- it typically use slip rattle to teleport in universe. So I, I did have the kick on the roll. Is this me trying to overclock my sword again and just hope that'll be enough to return it from where it came from? That's or do I yeah. what I was wondering? Yeah, and I think with the the mixed success, you're able to do that. But here comes the the complication. So yeah, I think as you you pull out your sword. You're, you're slicing through the fabric of space-time, and you see that rift start to open. You see that same sort of, that uh, you remember it from the last time you carved through, fractal patterns of light in the darkness kind of splintering and spiraling off into impossible combinations. Uh, and and you've, you're, uh, you were able to, to get the exact right combination of factors here to overclock it in the right way and recreate the effect that you saw before. Angus hoverboards up, is firing, driving this thing in the right direction, and it looks like everything's going well. And this is where the complication is going to come in. At that last second, before it crosses over, a stray bolt from Angus's Negare makes contact with the creature, and you all feel a sort of jolt, a lurch, and your stomach drops, kind of like you're on one of these amusement park rides that up until moments ago were no longer working, and, and suddenly you find yourselves back on the road outside of town. And as you take a moment to process what you just saw, you hear a loud screech from behind you and turn just in time to see two vehicles narrowly avoid colliding with one another at a four-way intersection. One of them crashes into a signpost and the other swerves into a ditch. You quickly realize the reason for the confusion as you look up to see that Hillview's single traffic light has gone out. What? (laughs) 